where we review horror films and horror adjacent films you can stream on the various millions of streaming services on the internet. Today we're going to be reviewing a movie that I am so excited to talk about, which is Prey, a movie that gives me all the good for her vibes. Uh, I love a good good for her movie. How about you, Marzi? Oh, I do. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is the original Hatchet Warrior, even though she ordered hers off the internet when she was drunk. Mars! Hello! <laughs> I was re-watching the movie today, and she was, like, throwing around the hatchet, and I was like, oh, big Mars energy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel very seen to see like, a young woman using your weapon of choice? Well, all I could really think was, like, oh, that could have been me if I'd kept up with it. Have you ever gone axe throwing? No, I haven't. It's super fun. Really? I don't yes. know. It makes me the the concept makes me nervous of a room full of people throwing axes while drinking. I mean, but... uh, yeah, it's usually also a bar, which is always very sus. But I mean, but... to be fair, but before axe throwing in bars was a thing, they also were like, "Come to David Buster's and play skee ball and yeah, darts and pool and things." So, like, really, the potential's always been there. Yeah, I mean, anything's a weapon if you try. Right? <laughs> yeah, anything's a weapon if you try. <laughs> if you wield enough. it, yeah. <laughs> I think you would love axe throwing. It's really, really fun. I've gone a couple times with Matilda and her husband, and he keeps breaking them. <laughs> he's too strong. What? Yeah, he's broken like three hatchets. We've been we uh, for Christmas. We ended up just buying a, a set because we're like, you needed the upgraded set because you're just like murdering axes. But it's cool because they have the kind that are throwing ones. But then this place we go, they have like a variety of different kinds. So there's ones that look like just a regular ass hatchet. You know, there's ones that look like tactical hatchets. And then there's one that's like a double sided axe <gasps> that you can throw. So you can feel like a straight up Valkyrie when you're throwing oh my the axes. <laughs> Does any of this entice you to want to try it? Okay. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it was funny. I got a message from Matilda the other day. Actually, I think she was having a hard day at work. And she's like, I was sitting there with my eighth client of the day. And I thought, I really need to go axe throwing again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to hear. <laughs> I mean, it gets your aggression out, but it also kind of makes you feel like a badass. It's very satisfying when it sticks in the target. Yeah. I, could, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say no. Okay. I guess. Well, <laughs> well next time you're here, we're going axe throwing. It's Still, happening. The, the concept makes me nervous, but uh, I don't know. I guess I'd I think you'd it. feel better when you saw it actually in action. Is the potential for someone to go crazy and hack us all to death? Of course. But then that's true of anywhere at any time. That's, I mean, that's a solid point. <laughs> I can't even go for a walk after dark or someone's going to shoot me with an airsoft gun. Like, oh, shit God. happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what have you been up to, Marzi, aside from putting up with me talking about throwing axes a lot more than I expected to. Right? <laughs> um, oh, I I mean, we kind of discussed it a little bit before the show, but I went full Karen in two, di in two different instances over this past week. <laughs> Luckily, I only, I didn't follow through, so I don't have that on my conscience of mm -hmm. another human read my Karen letter and has to, and has that memory. So at least that, but... <laughs> It doesn't change the fact that I had very, uh, I became a monster briefly. I mean, I feel like you were kind of validated in your, like, to be a full Karen, it has to be about like a minor inconvenience 
And yours is a major inconvenience. And it was actually not on the behalf of yourself, but on the behalf of another. And so I feel like you're a little bit protected from full Karen status. I think you have a little bit of a valid reason to be mad. I think you're just like a mad Mars, not a mad Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For uh for anyone listening what I what Rachel and I were talking about beforehand was um we on Monday received a letter that, and cones telling us that <laughs> starting cones. the next morning at 7 a.m. the street in front of our house is a tow zone because they're going to repave. So we had to like last minute find a place to keep the RV. We all have to park in the behind the mausoleum in the cemetery. So we were doing this all week. I'm like paying to keep the RV at this RV park, which is actually a really nice RV park and I like it a lot, but Trying to stay there when I have work every day is just difficult and I have the cat and, you know, and I, everything. So I was just like, staying there wasn't really a feasible option during the week. So, but I was still paying for the spot, right? To keep it there. And then they didn't do anything. Nothing happened on the street. And so I was already upset about having to make these last minute plans. So I'm at work trying furiously to find a space to keep the RV while also trying to do my job, which is really busy and stressful especially on on mondays for what ended up being no reason because they didn't do anything on the street but they're definitely going to do it next week so then i had to scramble to find a place to keep it for next week because i don't want to pay to keep it all week at this rv spot again you know and uh on top of that my mom's getting knee surgery and i'm like if they pave and then i go to pick up my mom at post her knee surgery and i'm like oh so now this woman who can't walk has to somehow make it into the house when we can't park in the driveway so i went full karen and drafted a letter to the city planner who had the unfortunate job of having to put her name and her email address at the bottom of this flyer (laughs) and to the point where i texted the lover while i was at work and i was like you send me a picture of that flyer i'm emailing this lady he was like like, okay (laughs) so i like drafted out this whole letter and furiously you know drafting this thing on my phone and then i did the thing where i was like Okay, let's close the phone. Let's maybe eat something, drink some water, <laughs> and then we'll revisit the idea of maybe sending this email. Yeah, and that's so, good advice. Anytime you're in a rage, snack and hydrate. Yeah. Then hit send. Step away and then come back. And so, you know, I came back and I read it and I might have reworded some things a little bit and then <laughs> ended up not sending it anyway because you know there was there's you know there is a part of me that's like for all i know this lady's job is like my job it's logistics and it's planning and it's having and it's having your plans affect a number of other people that you can't really help what that effect is potentially the last thing this woman needs is some angry lady in gresham sending her an email and being like and how could you why would you schedule this when my mom has a surgery you know like she doesn't know you know so i i a little a little bit of empathy crept into my heart and it was like all right empathy that's so (sighs) un-american and i bet you anything this lady's probably already received i don't even know how many angry emails from the same you know people who are like but you're citywide plans have inconvenienced me particularly on a very personal level and therefore you get my angry email and I was like I don't want to be that person fine I'll just slingshot my mom over the fence and hope for the best I know how I mean I've been to your home and it is on a steep incline yeah yeah you're gonna have to get some sort of outdoor version of that chair from gremlins (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the stair chair. Like you need whatever the version of that is for a tall driveway is what you're going to need. I know. Or I'll just anger punch my way through the fence and be like, we have a new gate. <laughs> just Kool-Aid man right through it. Yeah. <laughs> I support it. I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe you could put a little door with hinges. The only problem is then other people will try to use that door. Yeah. So how do you camouflage it? You need a secret door. I'll just burrow under. Maybe this is how I start my uh, mole people. Right. This is where the, this is how it begins. Like you're going to get down there and you'll be like, I feel so at peace. Be like, oh, I will continue. Somehow somehow now we have an escape tunnel. That's interesting. (laughs) Go from there. (laughs) Oh, but no, remember we are going to stay above ground because we're going to get an island. Oh, That's right. The plan. Yeah. The commune that started as a joke and has become my true dream, my true hope for the future is that at some point I'm going to be in a position where I can be like, guys, let's put a down payment on the island. I know it started as a joke, but like, there's a part of me. I understand where the book goes, but when I read De Evolution and they were describing that community in the woods, I was like, oh, it's the perfect, dream. Right. I want to live in a place that is totally secluded with just a, like a little circle of friends, but then also high speed internet and right. drones bringing me groceries. <laughs> like that is the like, yes, Sasquatch is a problem. But if we had Sasquatch panic basements, we'd be fine. Or I feel like Sasquatch is a reasonable creature, right? right. If they come in aggressive and then we're like, yo, we will drop cheeseburgers at the edge of the forest every day. If you just right? let us live or whatever Sasquatch want. I don't know what Sasquatch want, but, you know, whatever that may be, <laughs> we'll figure it out. And then we'll be like, here's the deal. You let us stay here and we'll bring you, you know, whatever it is that you want. Donuts. I don't know. I don't know what Sasquatch want. <laughs> they're a big fan of voodoo donuts. That's why they're in yeah. the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, just, <laughs> we'll just drone in voodoo donuts every day and be like, let us please remain. I feel like we could, you know. Yeah, You've got to be reasonable. With this, I think so. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, they're but, a tribal creature, right? So they understand. Like, right. The tribe me, of... tribe. I like it. Yeah. But like, seriously, that is my dream scenario. No, I've same. realized. Yes, it's not an island, which would be even better. Still, that idea of the isolation and convenience, and then also the only people I see ninety nine percent of the time are people that I like and have very good understandings of boundaries. <laughs> like yes. that's what I want. That's what I want. It's not unreasonable. <laughs> I don't feel like it's unreasonable to want that. I don't either. Like, I, and I think it's attainable. Kind of is. No. There's places in America that are not insanely expensive. We just happen to live in places that are, so it feels like you can't do those things. But you can. But you can. Yeah. You just got to figure out where is the right combination of isolation and weather. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That is the thing. Sometimes I'll go on Zillow and I'll be like, I wonder what houses cost in Nebraska. And I'm like, $17. But then I'm like, <laughs> Then you see the weather report and you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I am not hardy stock. Yeah. I, I, I would not serve. I would die of exposure inside the house. <laughs> I can't. But nope. That's not free. <laughs> you know, remember when we worked for the real estate brokerage and so we saw a lot of home listings? Mm-hmm. There were homes that were crazy affordable, right? But then you zoom out and see like the neighborhood or something, yeah, you know, and yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Every house on the street is haunted by the ghost of a murdered person. Yeah. So we got to find somewhere 
that is isolated, has decent weather, but also is wet enough that it's not going to just be a fu- like a forest fire our first year. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's oh, the other gosh. thing. We got to worry yeah. about forest fires. So that's why I'm thinking it definitely has to be Pacific Northwest as opposed to Northern California because y'all get some rain up there. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's always like, oh, the big one, you know, the big earthquake that they've been oh, for the yeah. last 10 years where they're like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. could happen any minute. And I remember, I forget, I forget who it was now, but I had a friend here who was actually concerned about it. I was like, they've been saying that every year for the past like 10 years. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Like, this is not right. a plan. There's not really event. a lot you can do. And guess what? All the volcanoes are eventually going to go off too. Like, shit happens, but yeah. you can't. Make sure you have some good water filtration t- straw and some bandages and go about your life. Just, uh, <laughs> what else can you do? Just, uh, you know, pull the, the Teo Leone from Deep Impact where you just stand and watch the wave come. Well, like, Jesus well. Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 But I don't know. I, I've totally sidetracked this, except for that it kind of makes sense because we are going to be talking about a woman who knows how to survive some wild shit in the woods. Yeah. 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 This is a total mix of things that we love. It's badass ladies, surviving ladies, sci fi horror, gore. Like, there's this, yeah. Dog the, sidekicks. Dog sidekick. I'm obsessed with this dog. I know. <laughs> I was obsessed the first time I watched it. Somehow she's even cuter the second time. Oh, I know. I love her so much. So, so much. Yeah. Uh, all right okay so let's get into this but uh mars what is our spoiler policy here on the pod so we are going to spoil the entire thing we're going to talk about it from beginning to end and everything in the middle and so if you have not seen it and you don't want to be spoiled then you probably should not go any further go watch it on uh hulu and mm-hmm. then come back and listen to us talk about it i would suggest not being spoiled just because this yeah. movie is really fun yeah. and it's not exactly necessarily any like i mean there's some definite in the end, some oh shit moments. Yeah. But there's no yeah. real twists or anything, but yeah. it definitely, I think, is worth not being spoiled. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I agree. All right. So I picked this movie and I picked it partially because you suggested it, but also <laughs> because I just think this would be a fun one for us to talk about. I know there's been like a few things that have come out since then that has distracted everyone, but it was kind of one of those things where everybody, the rare instances where everybody watched this movie the same week. You know what I mean? That feels like it rarely happens anymore, partially because only half of the people feel comfortable going to theater. You know what I mean? There hasn't been like a monoculture moment for a while. And when this thing dropped on Hulu, I felt like everybody we knew watched it that week. Yeah. Which is such a fun experience always. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, we didn't really get to talk about it. So maybe it's a few weeks late, but who cares? We're going to talk about it now. Yeah. Okay. So let me tell you about this movie. All right, Prey is a movie from this year, obviously, directed by Dan Trachtenberg. It is the fifth film in the Predator series, unless, of course, you count the AVP movies, in which case it's the seventh film in the franchise. I don't know if we count them or not. Are they canon? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't really feel like they are, but that's okay. I don't think so. So like I said, this is directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who previously directed 10 uh, Cloverfield Lane, which is a movie that I love very much. He also, have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. An episode of Black Mirror called Playtest. He also directed episodes of The Boys, and he has directed, he's going to be directing at least one episode of the upcoming Waterworld series, which I didn't Ooh. know was a thing. Oh, I didn't know either. This is the first I'm hearing of this. 
I mean, I think that has potential to be cool because I mean, like it, conceptually, it's kind of cool. Yeah, terrifying because yeah. you know the ocean, but yeah. you know, right? Yeah, you're on the plate everywhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of predators, okay. So the development of this film began during the production of The Predator, which was terrible, and under the code name Skulls. And the original plan, I think this is kind of interesting was actually to market the film as just a story about a young Comanche woman who was defying gender roles and wanting to become a hunter and then having people go to the theaters and be like, surprise, it's a Predator movie. Oh. Which, you know, kind of like they did with 10, 10 Cloverfield Lane. You didn't yeah. know exactly what it was going to be till you got into it. And then it was like, Ta-da. there's I've been a few of those movies. And I, I do actually really love it when that happens, but it's hard to pull off. But ultimately, they decided to go ahead and announce that it was part of the Predator franchise. And so they weren't able to market it that way. And I, I don't know. I'm of two minds. About it. On one hand, as a viewer, that would have been like a what moment, which would have been incredible. But I also feel like it wouldn't have gotten as many eyeballs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like the few people who did see it would have been like, it turned out to be a Predator movie. And then the whole right. point would have been kind of defeated. Yeah, 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 yeah. So during the Disney Plus Day in 2021, Trachtenberg explained that his goal for this film was to basically take the franchise back to its roots. He said he wanted to focus on the ingenuity of the human being who won't give up, who's able to observe and interpret and basically being able to beat a stronger, more powerful, well-armed force. If you think about it, the original Predator, there was all these insanely badass guys and Arnold only defeated the Predator because he learned how he worked and used the mud and stuff like that to trick him. Mm Mm-hmm. So the film was shot in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Where's Justin now? Mostly on First Nation land. And the cast actually arrived there a month beforehand so that they could do a ton of weapons and combat training. Oh, cool. Yes. And Amber Mid-Thunder, who plays Naru, the main character, mostly focused on training with that tomahawk. And it was actually during the training that they decided or they her and Trachtenberg together came up with the idea to add a rope to it so that she could pull it back. That was not in the script originally. It came out of the training sessions, which. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So for a while, Trachtenberg was considering shooting the film all in Comanche. He considered it, but then ultimately they decided like for the sake of the audience and people being too lazy to read subtitles, definitely guilty of that. So no judgment. He decided to go ahead and do it in English. But there is a second dubbed version that is all in Comanche and it's done by the original cast. Oh, that's so cool. And apparently it's amazing. I didn't watch it this time because I wanted to prepare for this, but I do really want to watch it in the Comanche because I think it would be cool. It's that would be, be really cool. Yes. Okay. We got to talk about one other cast member. We've already talked about her a little bit. And that is Coco, the Carolina dog, who is a perfect, precious angel. And I love her. I, I do too. But she's also apparently a pain in the ass. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So they very lovingly talked about shooting with Coco, who was not a trained, you know, acting dog. She's a rescue dog that they selected because they really, authenticity was like incredibly important. All of the costuming down to like her using the, that special toothpick that they, or toothbrush that they used actual Comanche people in the 1700s used all that stuff is period accurate and the dog is the kind that they believe that Comanches like that was like kind of the dog that they had oh but the dog is like a breed of dog is pretty feral and notoriously untrainable oh. <laughs> 
So she was incredibly sweet and lovey and excited to be there, but not the best at hitting her marks. I so, mean, they covered really well because she looked, she seemed really well trained. Yes, yes. Oh, it's kind of a miracle that we got as much as her as we did. In fact, during the original test screenings, people were like, more dog, more dog. And Trachtenberg was like, I'm literally using every frame of usable <laughs> footage of this dog. But he like went back and added as much as he possibly could because the dog just, you know, it's not an acting dog. So the, it was really hard to get footage. So, okay. So Mid Thunder in an interview with Dextro said, uh, she was kind of a disaster. <laughs> She's a little bit of a hot mess, but in a sweet way. Not a movie dog. She literally was adopted to be in this movie, and she just happened to be very high energy. And Trachtenberg described how it was always a nail-biting moment for us on set. Is Coco gonna, like, make her mark and do what she needs to do? All of this, again, with maximum affection. <laughs> It was sometimes a journey to get there, but eventually she always did. And it was very exciting. Lots of cheers would happen when she finally, when we got, finally got a great take with Coco. <laughs> so I know I, it ruins nothing for me. I think oh, it's no. so sweet. It actually makes it a little better. <laughs> it wasn't that she was bad. She just was excited and would run around and just was like so happy to be there and wanted to play all the time. Which Oh I'm my like, God. Oh that's my so God. God. <laughs> oh, her experience is just like hanging out with my friends in the woods and I'm running around. Like she's Yes. Just so yes. That's exactly what it was like, apparently. Okay, so Prey premiered at San Diego Comic-Con in July of 2022 and was released on Hulu as an original film on August 5th. According to 20th Century Studios, Prey was the most watched premiere across all films and television series on Hulu in the United States. Whoa. Yeah, it was a huge hit for them. That's awesome, though. It was also number one overseas as well. Oh! Yeah. That's so awesome, though. I know. It's exciting to see, like, you know, for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, you know? it kind of also says a lot to where we are where we are as a COVID society, where we're like, a movie did well universally? Oh, my God. That's I so know. amazing. It's so know. grim. I know. <laughs> Other than Top Gun? Yes, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, there's a lot of sequel talk, nothing in stone yet, although Trachtenberg said even prior to its release, you know, that there were already discussions for additional installments, that, but that they wanted to make sure that they did something they had not done before in the franchise. And I do kind of feel like there's some fun Easter eggs in this, and they set up the potential for a sequel in the in the credits. So, yeah. who knows? Yeah, oh, I was going to ask if you watched... The credits. Oh yes, okay. hell yes, and we got it. Like, I'm wondering how many of the it's how long it's been since you've watched some of the other Predator stuff. You caught some of the Easter eggs, but so uh, I think we briefly talked about it when we on last mm. episode when we chose mm -hmm. Prey. I said the only one I'd seen was Predator and Alien versus Predator. Mm. So this this Shit. week leading up to yesterday when we watched Prey, Hulu actually has the other Predator movies. Nice. On right now, so I rewatched Predator. I think we watched a Predator movie like every night leading up until what a Thursday great night. week! Yeah, so I watched Predator uh -huh. and then I watched Predator 2 for the first time, awesome, and then I watched Predators for the first time, awesome. I was unaware of the Predator, so I guess I haven't seen all of them. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the love of seeing them all, and so he was like, you know, when I told him I wanted to watch one every night leading up to Prey, and he was like, oh yeah, I'm totally down. Do we have to watch Alien versus Predator? 
And I was like, <laughs> I was like well, no. I saw that one once a long time ago, but I think I'm good. He's like, oh, thank God. Okay, yeah, I'm down for the other ones, though. So. Yeah, yeah. The the lover is correct. Although, like, I, it's very divisive. I feel like I'm the only person that likes AVP two on the planet. I do, but I like it because it's it's not good, but it's so fucking mean. I don't know. I like I, it. I, don't think I've seen that. I think Alien There's vs. Predator like soured me too much. Scene. There's some what? There's a maternity ward scene Ooh. that's pretty hairy. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's me like, do you think you'll ever watch it? I might now. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying after the stupidness of AVP, which was like, okay, he's gonna team up with the woman in a tank top in Antarctica okay sure my expectations were very low and then this one takes place on Earth and like it's goofy as hell but the aliens are actually pretty scary in it so I don't know I I, I can't really defend it I just know I liked it okay you know what fair fair much easier to defend to this movie so let's get into this Uh, you got the synopsis tell me about this movie so Prey opens with a voiceover about how once a monster came to earth and we immediately you know after some really beautiful panning scenery shots meet our main character naru who is a comanche woman and her bestest of friends sorry who is this cutest little dog face oh my gosh and we start with naru getting up with sorry to go gather is her is her daily daily chore but she is not into it and sneaks away to go practice her axe throwing, which she's crazy good at. So while she's out practicing with the axe, she spots a deer. And it's so funny because after you were telling us about how the dog who plays Sari was not really trained, and then this whole scene, how like the dog knows hand signals, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but she and Sari are going to go stalk this deer, but then the deer spooks and they chase after it anyway. The deer gets away and Sari gets her tail caught in a metal trap. Don't love that. Which is not something that is, you know, something that the Comanche people use. So, it, you know, Naru's inspecting it and trying to get it out of the ground and has is dealing with metal, which is not something that, you know, she's used to and cannot smash it with a rock, which... Would have been my go-to, too. Let's smash mm-hmm. it with a rock. Mm-hmm. And she treats the dog's tail wound. I am with you on the animal violence in movies, even though I know it's fake, but it still is really difficult to watch. Yeah. I was so relieved that it was a tail, not a leg, because, I mean, even yes. though it's still a tail, but it was like, it's oh, he stepped in a trap. And also, I thought it was just kind of like, this poor dog is like, my, my butt, my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, watching it a second time was interesting, because they are really setting up shit right from the start. Yeah, I think it is worth watching twice. Oh, you know, because sure. you catch things the second time that are like it's kind of spell it, not spelling it out, but you know, you get more. I think watching it a second time. Yeah, and she immediately like treats the dog's tail because she's trained in medicine and things. And while she's trying to figure out how to remove this metal trap, she hears a sound in the sky, and she sees something, or she follows it out into the open, and she sees something in the clouds. And then we get our title, and I thought that was I just really loved the way that worked in how they worked in that title and i love that title graphic Mm -hmm. a lot oh yeah Uh, it's really cool oh it's so cool but i and i loved you know she sees this disturbance in the clouds coming down into the into earth yeah and i I mean and i like her interpretation of it she sees it and she's like oh it's the firebird yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So after this, Naru and her brother Tabe are hunting a hawk and just kind of talking, and he's trying to retell her the story about his coming of age ritual in which, you know, a Comanche warrior goes out and hunts something that also hunts them. But, you know, Nara's teasing him and pretends to fall asleep and he shoots the hawk. And that's when she tells him that she saw a thunderbird in the sky that morning and that she thinks it's a sign that she's ready to. I don't know how to pronounce the word. I tried to write it down phonetically, but I don't feel confident. Just her test, her warrior's test. Her we'll warrior's test, yeah. So she thinks that it, that's her sign, that it's time. And it, oh, and just the way he delivers that line where he's like, oh, you think it's time for you to hunt something that's hunting you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I know so much of this seems like on the nose predator stuff, but it's effective in that we know it's a predator movie, you know, but I, I don't know. I like I like it. Well, what I love about it is there's the obvious interpretation of the title, right? That it's predator, you know, prey, predator, that kind of thing. But the predator and the reason it's called prey in this situation is that this, it's switched, right? He was the predator in the first film. Here, he doesn't know it, but he's ultimately the prey. It's yeah. kind of like a cool twist on it. Like I said, with the interpretation of it as the firebird, she's not wrong. All these things that she's saying and her interpretations, even though they don't believe her, everything she's saying, even even though it's he's not called a firebird, he essentially is one. You know what I mean? She's right throughout all of this. And that I love that... One of my favorite things in a film is when your main character is right and smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially because it doesn't skew into these, you know, problematic places that she would be ignorant. No, she's correct. She's correct yeah. in everything she says throughout this. I uh, Yeah, I, I love this. I love this. I love her. Yeah. yeah, I do too. And I, oh, yeah, I really liked this. I know we didn't get to the end where we talked about whether or not we liked it, but I really Whatever. liked We're it. just going to fangirl through this whole thing. I'm just going <laughs> to, people already been knowing. Like, yeah, it's not going to be a shocking surprise at the end no. of this. And I'm like, and I really liked it. Like, no, mm-hmm. we can tell. So back at home, Nara's preparing food while her mother makes medicine. And her mom comments on, because she's trying to cut the fish with the, the axe, the hatchet. Mm-hmm. And uh, her mom comments about how her father left her the hatchet. Or he didn't leave it for her for, for hunting. He left it for her to, you know, dig up breadroot and mm-hmm. things like that. And then sends her out to get more herbs for medicine. Meanwhile, the predator lands and begins his hunt. Or his fun vacay. I'm not really sure what predator culture is. So I know. mean, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, I mean, they're really, like, essentially they're big game hunters, right? Yeah. They just travel to a place to try to find the biggest prize they can bring home. Like, I feel like they have some serious insecurities they need to work out like they're like i gotta beat the biggest thing i gotta beat the biggest right. thing. it's a bit much all right it's a calm down yeah <laughs> so nara goes out looking for that special herb that her mother requested for medicine making and as she returns to the village she finds out that one of the men was dragged away by a lion and a, a group of men are going out to find to find the lion and bring the man back home and naru tails them and then joins them on this mission the next scene is kind of cool. I liked it. I know it was a little cheesy, probably, but I liked it. Where you see the ant crawling on the predator, but it's I liked it. Is invisible. that cheesy? I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool too. <laughs> so it's like the ant is crawling on the predator, and then the mouse eats the ant, and then a snake eats the mouse, and then the predator claims the snake as his first prize. Which okay, question. Okay, predator's vision is heat based. Yes. So how did he see a cold-blooded animal? Maybe I mean, it had been not... in the sun. Maybe it had been in the sun. 
I mean, I'm not trying to like poke holes. No, that's a really good point. Hold on, I'm gonna Google. Do cold-blooded animals show up in on thermal imaging? Okay, let's see here. However, cold-blooded animals like snake, for example, would be virtually impossible to detect with the thermal image. Oh shit! I don't think the predator's real. I think it's fiction. <laughs> I thought this what? was a documentary. <laughs> but, oh, you caught a flat hole. I mean, it's fine. I'm willing to overlook. But oh, well, here's the double, like a two problems. Not only, and let, and not only was the snake cold-blooded, but he was wearing an alligator skirt. Oh, yeah. A scandalo. Mmm. 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 I'm willing to overlook. I'm also willing to move past this. <laughs> Strike one, though. <laughs> okay, so the search party eventually does find the man who's very wounded from the lion. And the men start building a stretcher, and Nari starts treating his wounds. Meanwhile, I mean, like you said, throughout the movie, she brings up points that are valid, and maybe people don't listen to her. But she does question what would scare the lion away from, you know, eating this man, right? Mm-hmm. And being in its den and things. Her brother wants to keep hunting for the lion, and then Naru finds the skinned snake, and again, and the footprint, and again brings up, like, that shit's not normal. Right. Something weird's going on, and everybody's like, it's probably a bear. I feel like one of the most used horror movie excuses that never turns out to be true, it's probably a bear. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> But she's still, you know, and she doesn't necessarily argue like it's definitely not a bear, but she does stick to her, you know, standard ground and says that she needs to go find her brother to warn him about the quote unquote big bear. When she catches up with him, he tells her that he thinks because she has a plan for, you know, luring the lion in with bait and then killing it. And the the other guy, the extra guy is like giving her shit for that's not how hunters hunt and all this. But her brother kind of has her back and is like, we're going to do an ours plan. And then he says that he thinks that this is her warrior's test and that she should be the one who kills the lion because, you know, it's time. Mm-hmm. So her I brother goes I love the brother, by the I way. I do too. I mean, because there, there's obviously very kind of defined gender roles here and they're so dismissive, dismissive and shitty to her, except for him. When he's telling her, you can't do this, none of it is based in sexism. It's based in on merit and skill as and far ability as can, ability yes exactly and I, I think these interactions between the two of them are so sweet and it's kind of wild that this isn't a predator movie i think that's what elevates us so much is these character moments that make you genuinely care about her and her brother honestly i walked into it expecting her brother to be the role of like well a woman's place is not hunting and then to have a change of heart for some right. reason but that's not what it was is he from the beginning had her back in this he just wasn't sure of her ability to complete the warrior's test but then you know sees the opportunity and says you know this is your test and he sticks up for her yeah and, and says she's a good tracker and then yeah. after they said he's like you better do this not you know what i mean but he went out on a limb for her in a way but he's like you got to do this but it, i don't know it felt sweet and caring and an actual sibling relationship that i don't was not expecting to say. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I love I him. I did really like it. I do First too. acting gig, by the way. Really? Yep. Yep. Kind of nailed it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Tabe goes out to lay the bait trail, basically, and Naru and the other guy climb into the tree to wait for the lion. And the other guy's just being an absolute dick. You know, he's just telling her that she can't hunt and she's not good at this. And, you know, he's just being just an absolute jerkwad. And then the lion pulls him out of the tree. So (laughs) (laughs) Naru faces off with the lion, but she falls out of the tree and just knocks herself out, which, you know how they say that if you get head trauma and if you're unconscious for more than like it's like a crazy short amount of time yeah that's just brain damage you're just dead she, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and she gets knocked out twice in this movie it's not that cold I'm like fuck yeah that's a lot of brain damage yeah yeah that's all i could think the whole time i'm glad that <laughs> our movie trope is that like you can wake up and be like oh i'm sore and not like oh i have forgotten speech but you know yeah i, I think feel, about those things no it's totally and it's kind of irresponsible because people th- probably think they can smack each other's heads around but if you get hit in the face with like a pi- you get pistol whipped you're gonna die from brain swelling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not just a fun little way to like knock somebody out for a few minutes you're just killed them in a horrible way yeah that person might be a vegetable now like mm. prepare to be sued yeah so <laughs> what they don't show is that all of those pistol whippings end up in litigation yeah. <laughs> the less interesting version of every one of those movies <laughs> but so naru wakes up in her bed having been carried home by her brother and uh, i mean that super disheartening conversation with her mom where she tries to get up to go after him and she's like but he needs me and her mom is like if he needed you he wouldn't have brought you home it's like oh that's that's a gut punch. But he does return, having killed the lion, and his name's Warchief. Yep. So uh, the next day, instead of going gathering, Naru literally goes against the flow. I loved that shot. That yes. air shot of her walking against the grain of everybody else who was going out to do the gathering for the day that she's supposed to. And she's just walking the other way. Yes. Because she's wants to go out and like, so thematic. Yeah, it was really good. I like I liked that shot. Can we a lot. take a moment to say how beautiful this movie is? Those early scenes when you're just amongst all of their homes and you're seen in the the planes, it's just yeah. so beautiful. It was shot with a particular camera that allowed you to have these really vast sort of scenic shots and but and the setting, they just took such good advantage of this incredible setting. This movie looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Oh, it does. It looks it looks way more expensive than I'm sure it was. Like yeah. it just yeah, they really did utilize a lot of things in such a good way. It looks so good. Mhm. It's just takes advantage of those beautiful vistas and then also the setting itself when they were going through I guess they're I guess those are teepees, right? Like when they were going through those just all of those like details all of it really I know that authenticity was super super important in the set design and and the costume design all that stuff like it shows it, it really does it's incredibly immersive the beautiful horses that are there like it just I don't know this movie is gorgeous no and I really do appreciate all the attention they put into the authenticity of everything mm-hmm. it makes it feel like I mean maybe not it makes it feel real it's just one of those things that you see i mean maybe not so much anymore but so many older movies that were just like this is what we think this would look like and it was like just having uh so much attention to authentic detail was Mm -hmm. just really really nice and i mean to have beautiful shots like that again in a predator movie i know (laughs) that is usually the energy does not go into that it's the special effects and 
the action beats and the, you know those set pieces and all that kind of stuff is where that energy goes but to have this sort of pace at the beginning where they just show you the world and then they're like and look how beautiful this natural world is. Look at this waterfall. Look at this field. Look at these forests with these beautiful wide shots. It's just nuts in in a Predator movie. Yeah. But it's one of the reasons why it's, it's the best one. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry. Same shared opinion. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we told you there'd be spoilers we just didn't know they would be about us <laughs> spoilers are feeling yes so naru goes out into the woods to practice more with her axe and then she finds more predator tracks meanwhile there's a rabbit and then there's a wolf and then there's the predator and the predator fights the wolf and then we get the classic skull harvest yes yes yep mm-hmm. so oh this is the scene where naru creates the retractable axe system with her yes. rope it's so, awesome it's so it's cool it was so, so cool. cool to watch yeah i i mean it's kind of video gamey but i also think maybe she could really i mean it seems like she's doing it and we know that she went through extensive training so i want to live in a world where she really can do that shit it feels like she can't you know it was really really cool to watch but so she creates this rope system and she starts you know practicing with this and it was super dope and then she kills a bunch of rabbits and she camps out because she and Sari are going to continue to track this monster that she believes is not a big bear and mm-hmm. is 100% right. It's not a big bear. And another incredible shot where it's her sitting there feeding the dog the pieces of rabbit. And it's just like this beautiful forest behind her and yeah. water behind her. I'm like, this movie is gorgeous. I loved that scene where she's putting out her fire and she's brushing her teeth and it's just sort of like the getting ready to head out kind of scene. Mm -hmm. And it was, it seemed just like the natural, like, oh yeah, that's just, you know, how you camp. But I don't know. I even like that with the dawn light and the dog and everything. Oh, I I love that dog. I love that dog so much. That this movie takes a moment to have this quiet moment where she's talking to the dog like, oh, next time you're going to have to cook those little character beats you know what i mean because she doesn't get a lot of back and forth with other people so having those little quiet moments are these character building moments where that make you invest in her beyond her just being your protagonist it infuses humanity into the character in a way that again do not expect from a film like this and don't always need you know like i don't actually need it to have a good time but to get it just really elevated the experience (laughs) yeah yeah I understand that this is a Predator movie that's made in, you know, 2022 versus the first Predator. So right. I realize the things people want in movies has changed over time. But this one just felt, it felt so different from the other Predator movies yes. while still feeling like a Predator movie. Yes. It was, uh sorry, I'm going into my feelings again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I think what this does is it also proves a way to iterate on the 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 predator franchise right like we don't have to just keep moving forward in time presumably the predator could show up anywhere i know the thing going viral right now on social media is everybody wants a predator movie set in feudal era japan and i'm like yeah that yeah. would be awesome i would that love would to see dope. samurai versus predator of course i want that i i mean i want a sequel to this but i also like there's room for more we get who's to say It'd be, uh, I think, Matthew from Outpost Unknown, uh, we were talking about this, and he was like, I want Pirates versus Predator. And I was I like... I was just thinking that! Right? 
I would love Predator at Sea. Why the hell not? As soon as you said Predator in Feudal Japan, I started putting Predator in different time eras. And the first one I went to after Feudal Japan was Pirates. Right? Blackbird versus Predator? Yes. Oh I want God. it. Let's make it happen. Why not? Oh, that would be cool. If it can be done lovingly and well like this, I will take all the Predator movies. Oh, I'll take all the Predator throughout time. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many cool places that he could pop up. Why oh, not? Yeah. Why not? Oh, Predator during the colonization of Australia. Predator Jamestown? Oh. What is the thing that was on the, the tree? Um, oh, Croatoan. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Croatoan. Oh. Maybe that's the name of the Predator. Oh, that would be so cool. Oh, my See? God. There can be all, we can solve all the mysteries with Predator. Let's that one's a grim one because nobody survives. <laughs> Predator wins that one. Well, according to history, potentially some of them survived. They just integrated. Yeah, I mean that's that's totally what happened. Yeah, <laughs> but it's more fun to imagine <laughs> that it's Predator and he wiped everybody out. <laughs> this all is right. a, com- a complete sidetrack. But have you heard the theory that Roanoke was the first zombie outbreak? I think you, maybe you told me this. Tell me again, though. Yeah, there's uh, uh, there's an actual guy who's like attached his name to this, so he's not oh. shy about oh. this being his theory. Ooh. And I'm pretty sure his title is made up because it's something I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's something like zombieologist or some made up title like that. But his theory is that it was uh, because of the harsh winter that they had to resort to cannibalism which caused the first zombie virus outbreak. And that's what happened to all of them because it was, you know, an island. So theoretically, they couldn't have made it off of the island unless you are applying the zombie survival guide rules in which they wouldn't have drowned. They would have just filled with gases and then floated around like beach balls. Right. So it depends on which version of zombie you believe actually happened. (laughs) There's a whole thing. And it's like, (laughs) he's like, oh, it was zombies. And it's like, a lot of holes in that one, bud. But yeah. appreciate I mean, the. Wouldn't uh, they have turned Windigo anyway? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in America, Duh. we don't go zombie; we go Windigo. Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm totally well, sidetracking us all over the place. Okay, so Naru breaks down camp. And then they take off to keep tracking the predator. But instead of the predator, Naru comes across a field of slaughtered buffalo. And it's sad. And then later, also some quicksand, which she manages to escape using her hatchet rope. I felt very validated in my childhood constant fear of quicksand. I know. Okay, thank you. Also, I don't know necessarily that it's quicksand. It's probably just a bog. But I wanted to call it quicksand for the same reason. We're like, see, this is why. So this is why they trained us from young children to be wearing quicksand. Wasn't there like a Saturday morning thing about quicksand or something? I feel like my childhood was full of stories of how to escape quicksand. Oh, yeah. No, it was all over for some reason. There was like, must have been some public service thing. Like one kid died in quicksand or something. Something, but it was a big theme. Yes, for, it was. Of beware of quicksand and this is what you... Because I, I think I had it memorized on, on what to do and what not to do in quicksand before I knew what to do in an earthquake, to be completely honest. I need to get to the bottom of this because I feel like our generation 
you know we were made to believe that quicksand was like at a constant threat yeah yeah i mean i knew stop drop and roll and flatten your body in quicksand don't struggle and flatten your body and try to find reach out and to pull yourself out i knew the technique and i've never seen i barely see sand let alone any quicksand <laughs> And it was such a huge theme in like movies and cartoons and stuff that it was just sort of drilled into yeah. our heads that there was going to be quicksand at every turn. I mean, maybe that's what it is. It was just in a bunch of cartoons. And so I've blown it up in my mind. But I feel like it was also in a book that my mom read me about like, I don't know. I might... It was a very popular theme in okay. the 80s and the 90s. Okay. I just yeah. thank you for validating that. I appreciate. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole generation of Americans who grew up believing that we'd be having to deal with quicksand on a daily basis. Although who knows? You never know. Shit is getting wild these days. There might be some crazy outbreak of quicksand. Hey, and you know what? Should that happen, we will know exactly what to do. We will know exactly what to do. I'm going to starfish in that shit and try to reach for something on the edge. Yeah, because you know what? I'm well trained. Quicksand is not going to take me. Mm -mm, Not me. I will not be another (laughs) quicksand statistic. (laughs) (laughs) The rampant quicksand murders. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, uh, quicksand gets utilized in this. Almost worked. I'm not again. I don't even actually think this is quicksand. I think it's just a bog or a mud pit. But whatever. I wanted to use quicksand because it made me feel validated. What is quicksand? This is going to be the episode of me googling shit. Do, 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 do. I mean, a bog is kind of quicksand. It says quicksand is a colloid consisting of fine granular material and water. It forms in a saturated loose sand when the sand is suddenly agitated. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like a bog is just forest quicksand. Yes, it's quicksand that uh, a sand that behaves as liquid because it's saturated with water can be mucky and mucky nuisance. Oh, see? Yeah. It says it's basically impossible to die that way as depicted in movies. (laughs) (laughs) So that's good. All right. All right. I'm going to lower. Okay. I have a little chart of all the things that I'm afraid of. I'm going to die of. And I'm going to go ahead and lower this from the red tier to the orange tier. (laughs) For now. For now. (laughs) For now. There's supposed to be some super storm coming to California. So that might move back into the red if we get a lot of water here. I will say drought has protected me somewhat. So I feel okay about it being in the orange for now. Yeah, for now. For now. You Got never know. Onion. The chances of of dying in quicksand are low, but never zero. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, so Nara gets out of the quicksand, and at this point, Sari returns with a little snack. Such a sweetheart. She just ran off and then came back with a dead rat and was like, look what I got. And, she's, and like, poor Nara was just like, yeah. Could have used you 10 minutes ago, but glad to kill the rat. And uh, <laughs> the two of them end up upwind of a bear. So, or downwind? Upwind. So you want to be downwind, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Want, yeah. So they end up upwind of a bear who sniffs them out. And while Naru's trying to shoot the bear with her bow and arrow, the arrow or the bowstring breaks and she has to retie it. But the bear is charging and sorry like the little hero that she is takes off down the hill to draw the bear away i know the first time you watch this were you like oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god i spent most of this movie going oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god the minute i saw the dog i went to literally the second i was like okay all right i know 
And I, I was greeted with a lot of bad news, but the dog was not amongst them. Good. Yeah, the first time we watched this, the minute we saw the dog, the lover was like, oh, do you think that something's going to happen to the dog? And I was like, it's 2022. They wouldn't do that still. I was like, do you really think so? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but good for you for trying. He should never have asked to follow up. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> So Naru makes it down this hill, and I actually thought this, I, I realized it was unintentionally funny. I thought it was funny. So she makes it down. She's got her bow and arrow, and the dog just runs past her barking as if, like, what are you doing? Keep going. Like, why do you stop and run? Right. And it just it just was funny to be like, this dog running by to be like, no, 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 no. Keep going. <laughs> so she squares up against the bear, but eventually she takes shelter in an abandoned beaver den to shelter from the bear but this is where she sees the predator fully for the first time predator fights bear predator kills bear predator bathes in bear's blood i mean i don't like animal violence it bums me the fuck out but this was pretty cool it was pretty cool and it helped the bear was very very clearly cgi very very clearly cgi yeah i couldn't quite watch the fight part still the second time around but i definitely watched the part where he like gets like the hollow man in blood yeah I couldn't help it. It was and it was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. So Naru escapes down river and she, you know, makes it out of the river and eventually is found by a group of her brother's friends who are out looking for her and her brother's on the other side of the ridge looking for her and she tells them about what she saw. But right. what she describes, she can only cuz I mean she only use, can use what she has in her right. knowledge base to describe she has seen, not so. seen a predator movie right <laughs> so she can basically ends up just describing what their culture has as a storybook monster mm-hmm. like a story like a fairy tale monster yeah so of course they're not gonna believe her and they you know whatever they're trying to get her back to the village but she refuses to go with him because she wants to keep tracking this thing so they end up fighting it out in a pretty uh pretty rough fight scene. yeah it's a pretty knockdown drag out fight and it's a great sort of foreshadow of another one we see later where she's fighting people who are not trained like her yeah she does really well against these guys who have had the same kind of and if not more so this particular kind of fight training and that- it's she's such a little badass i love her so I much I love oh my god so scrappy much. as hell yes there's no give up in that girl you know and like, correct and correct once again correct yeah i just love her yeah she does end up losing the fight and ends up with her hands bound on the way back home when the predator strikes so predator takes out everyone and naru witnesses in for the first the time. most gruesome fashion oh it is. this movie is gory as hell Hell. Yeah. And I loved it. Although I felt so, like, when the person was getting their limbs hacked off, I was like, ooh, this is terrible. Yeah, but it was violent. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. But yes. Like, <laughs> We're no, such sickos. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's what brought us together, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> but sometimes when I'm like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong? Why am I reacting like this? Like, we could watch this and we're like, wasn't it dope how he cut both his arms off? I hope the dog's okay. (laughs) I mean, that's like almost become a cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. Like, you could chop people up and I'm like, yeah! But like, he gets a little splinter on his toe and I'm like, this is horrible! The director is being irresponsible! (laughs) (laughs) I am sick. I am sick. What are you gonna do? <laughs> no, I mean we just have priorities, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But during this fight is when Nara witnesses that laser targeting helmet for the first time, which will mean things later. Mm. So she manages to free herself and get her hatchet back and runs out into a field where there's yet another one of the search and rescue party. I really actually liked this scene. So she's running and he grabs her and pulls her down and he's got his bow and arrow drawn and he says, I got him. And then she looks over and sees the dots on his forehead. And she's like, no, he's got us and pushes him out of the way. And then they start running, but then yes. invisible predator is running through the field behind him. And then the, the guy just explodes into a cloud it's of blood. Awesome. Because you can't it see the cool. predator. You just see the spray of whatever he's doing. It's this yeah. long shot where she's running. Th- First of all, that scene where they're running through the field and you can see him running after them is awesome. And so then good. you see this long shot of her. And in the background, it's just blood. Just It was so cool. It was really cool. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah, we're sick. We're sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Naru, still running from the Predator, steps in one of those metal traps again and witnesses the Predator walk right up to her and then leave. And that's when she's captured by fur trappers. These fuckers. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about it, but there was also just that field of skinned buffalo. Oh, yeah. No, I touched on it. You did? Oh, the... I missed it. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Which the lava called it right away and he was like oh it's fur trappers and i was like are we sure or did the predator when i saw the trap i was like oh fuck yeah i didn't put it together at all somehow i don't know but i was behind on that whole point and then the fur trapper showed up and he was like see and i was like oh yeah okay yeah that makes sense (laughs) Mm -hmm. given the time period yes that yes you are you are correct i'm so So, glad they're there though because we get the satisfaction of what follows yeah (laughs) so nara wakes up in a cage at the trappers camp and she finds out that they've also captured Sari. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't, don't like, like that. I don't like it. But it turns out the trappers have also seen the predator. So they have an interpreter who's actually like, even though he's on the wrong side of history, is a sweet man, I think, in his nature. Because he's trying to talk to her and he's like, just tell us what you saw because we should be working together on this. But of course, head trapper thinks otherwise. And it turns out that they've also captured Tabe. Mm. and now they're gonna use naru and tabe as bait and they're mm-hmm. going to well they think they're going to lure the predator in and kill it and that is the opposite of what actually happens yeah. and so while naru and tabe are tied to this tree and she's telling him that the predator walked right up to her when she was trapped and then walked away and that this is not a creature that wants bait And meanwhile, we see the fur trappers who are lying in wait to, because they think they can bait the predator into, you know, showing up. And I loved this because in the background, it's the two fur trappers in the foreground with their guns and they're talking. And in the background, you just see anxious horses and then men just falling from off screen onto the ground. It was so good. I loved that shot. That Mm -hmm. was so good. And the whole time, the other two are just sitting there talking. And it's not until they turn around and see all the bodies. They're like, oh, fuck. So then <laughs> a full-on predator versus trappers battle begins, which was actually just really cool because it just showcased all the different types of weapons that the predator had. And I think this is also the first time we fully see the predator's mask, right? Or his helmet. Yes. And it's which, so cool. So cool. Honestly, I think it's the best one. And I love that because I in Predators, they talk about how the predators come back to that planet every so often to keep training and they keep evolving to fight whatever, you know, whatever they've dropped on this planet. And so I like that this is being a prequel. We're seeing 
origin predator mm-hmm. armor. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily origin predator weapons, because I feel like those were ne- kind of along the same lines of technology as what we've seen in the previous predator movies. But seeing a more broken down predator helmet where it looks like bone, it looks like he's wearing the skull of something else. Yeah. And it just, oh, it was so cool and it was so scary. And it just gives very strong, like, ritual. Feels, you know, mm-hmm. like very strong, older than the earth, you know, evil, yes, kind of feel. Yes, oh, it was so good. It was such good character design or creature design. Yes, the subtle thing of having instead of laser blasters, having there be like actual dart arrows. like arrows. Yes, yeah, is, is a cool little touch, and it gives you something unexpected because you're like, oh, I know how this all works, and you're like, oh, no, no. This predates that. This is this technology is also has evolved. Is a yeah. cool touch, and and it still shows. Like I mean, because we already have the history of Predator and how they develop as warriors. But it was so cool to go back. I don't know. I really loved it. I mm-hmm. thought it was a really cool, a really cool attention to that kind of plotline detail or you know overall franchise detail. Agree, one hundred percent. I also really loved, I don't know, it was, I mean, again, I know it was probably meant to be funny, but there's a, sh- a shot where the Predator is stalking up to one guy, and he kind of is just standing there, and then he lifts his arm up and shoots the Predator, but it just bounces off his helmet, ricochets straight back yeah. into the guy's face. <laughs> yeah, it's like a good little slapstick moment. Yeah. I, I'm totally into it, too. I did really like that. So meanwhile, Naru and Tabe get free, and I love the way she does it, where she tells the story about the beaver with the trapped leg and how he chewed his own leg off because it was mm-hmm. worth it to him. And you're and like, meanwhile, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. And even Tabe's like, no, 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 because she's lowering their arms down towards the trap, and then she drops the rock and it cuts the rope, and she's like, I'm smarter than a beaver. <laughs> I, like, I really like that. Uh-huh. I also really love what happens next. So Tabe was like, I need to get one of those horses. So they get free. And he goes, I'm going to go get a horse. And she goes, I'm going back for sorry. And I love it because it's mm-hmm. not like she ended up in back in the camp and was like, oh, well, I'm going to free my dog while I'm here. She like goes back for the dog. Of course, as she it. should. And especially since she shows up and they're ready to kill the dog. I and then know. she steps in and saves the dog. And then uh. she sets it free. And she's like, just go, Red. But meanwhile, so after she kicks a bunch of asses and frees her dog that translator shows up without a leg and he trades naru his gun and the knowledge of how to use it if she'll help with his leg so she gives him that orange herb from the beginning because it quote-unquote cools the blood mm-hmm. and then while she's there the predator shows up and i love the way the the translator just flops down and decides to just play dead yeah that was his like oh. so That's he's playing dead and that's when she realizes the predator can't see him Except, I mean, he can see the the hot blood trail, but he can't see him until he steps on him, and then he yells, and then he gets stabbed. I know. He almost made it, too. I know. He was following the right instincts. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I would have yelled, too, if I'd gotten stabbed of on course. the Predator. Of course. Of course. That that part where she's pulling the thing out of his leg, oh, oh. it was awesome, but so I gross. I did love that weapon, though. The ones that it just, like, it fans out into a blade suddenly and just dismembers. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she gets to use it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so now it's kind of Naru versus Predator, and she's trying to figure out the gun, but that's when Sari and Tabe and a horse show up, and just they they all start trying to fight Predator, but he's gone invisible again, and then Tabe gets stabbed. And 
it's sad. You know it's coming because he starts giving her the speech again yeah. about the like, you look at him and you tell him this is as far as you go. You go no further. And it's, I mean, you knew he was going to die. You knew it was going to be in a selfless way. But I hoped. <laughs> I actually really love this. So he gets stabbed. And Naru's obviously very immediately upset, but then it cuts out all sound except for the predator clicking. Mm -hmm. We don't hear her screaming. We don't hear Tabe screaming. We don't hear Sari barking. We just hear the predator clicks. I don't know. I really loved that sound design choice. Yeah. I I mean, it gives so much weight to the scene. Yeah. And then even after he's been stabbed clear through the chest, as the predator is walking up, on Naru, Tabe still manages to stab it in the leg and distract it long enough so that Naru can run off. Mm-hmm. And that is a curtain on Tabe, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, so that speech is given three times in the film. There's the first time when he tells her, this is what you say when you go and do this rite of passage, hunting rite of passage moment. And then he flips it and he says, he uses it to tell her, I'm done. I have lost this battle with the predator. And then we get it again later in the film in a very important and poignant moment. Yes. There's a lot of seeding these character moments that like, uh, like I said, we're, we're getting her ability with the medicine repeatedly throughout the film. It comes up multiple times. So it doesn't become this weird Chekhov's petals, you know, Yeah, all of this stuff. Like actually she has this knowledge base and we see it repeatedly. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of really smart writing choices in this. And I passed over it, but I want to go back. Uh, I know it's kind of a cheesy move, but I fucking loved when they're tied to the tree and she's like, I don't even know if it can be killed. And Tavi's like, if it bleeds, we can I kill it. I know! I <laughs> it too! I don't care. I feel like it's I, it makes sense for his character to say that because he is a hunter. He's not just, you know, an accountant that's giving, you know, gives a speech because it's like, hey, audience! Like, he, yes, he's a hunter. He's a predator. He is someone who knows about this kind of thing. So I thought it worked. There's that, and there's like a couple of moments that really, I think, are smart Easter eggs. Satisfying, fun Easter eggs. Like, We'll get into the gun and, you know, there's like another shot with the Predator at the very end where he's coming out of the mud. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. That's Arnold coming out of the mud. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. I, I But then, I mean, fan service, you're supposed to like it, right? Yeah. And I mean, but I think it was handled really well. When they did the new Jurassic Park, the Jurassic World movie, mm. and they did all the callbacks to the original, which I appreciate, but it was so heavy. Every single turn, every scene was like wink wink uh, and it was too much and it wasn't done well and it wasn't in it the movie in a way that made any real sense so it was just too obvious it was very like wink mm. wink remember the first one remember that uh, time you saw that other movie that you liked yeah but the way they did it with this one actually felt cohesive with the movie mm-hmm. so it wasn't upsetting or like roll your eyes like oh okay i get it it's a predator movie they worked them in really well I feel. So when you did hear that line, it was just very like, oh, it's a Predator movie. Yeah. No, I loved it. I loved it. I did too. I'm a sucker, but what are you going to do? So Naru and Sari continue to hunt and to be hunted by the Predator, but they come across that main fur trapper first. So Naru knocks him out and uses him as bait. Mm -hmm. And I love her amazing speech that she gives yes how you know you don't know or you don't or so, you know the thing about how like 
you don't think I'm a threat and that's what makes me dangerous. Yeah. You don't know it right now, but I'm killing you right now. And like, oh, it was so good. Mm-hmm. And she eats the the orange herb thing and then the predator shows up and walks right by her. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. And then while he's murdering the fur trapper, she steals its helmet. It's great because it's this combination of her using her intelligence and but also using to her advantage the fact that people underestimate her yeah. it's this it's it's a culmination of all of these moments that have led to we've seen her interactions with her, the other people in her tribe we've seen the the way that she is uses her observations the way that she was the one that figured out how to kill the lion all of those things kind of come together in this moment where there's no one there to underestimate her there's no one there to tell her that she can't do it all this stuff has been building over the course of the movie and it comes to fruition in this moment and it's incredible it's just incredible it's so satisfying i love it and I love that the the character is written as this you know great tracker for instance mm-hmm. and I mean, part of being a great tracker is being hyper observant, right? Yes. And that's something that comes into play in her favor so many times, but it's not something that the movie is like, eh, remember, she's a great tracker, so she's a very good Mm -hmm. observer. It's just those things like, you know, especially watching it a second time where you pick up how much she actually is taking in without, Mm -hmm. you know, taking the moment, taking the movie moment to stare and make the thinking face. Yeah. You know, it's just stuff that she uses later that she's observed happening. Like in the fight scene where she first sees the tracking, the helmet laser tracking, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like she has a moment where we see her face seeing it and taking in the information. You probably know yeah. she didn't even notice. We never fixate on that, but that's her whole goal in this scene is to steal the helmet because she remembers that it's a tracking device. Here's what's interesting. I think you're totally onto something really great here is that there's these moments where if you watch her, you see the wheels are turning, but it doesn't do the thing for the audience where it goes, it cuts to, here's the thing that she's thinking about. If you go back and watch it, yes, she's observing and seeing things, but it's not holding the audience's hand in a way where it normally would be cutting to all of those things so that you could be piecing together what she's thinking. Right. We're not doing the close up on her eyes to close up on the lady yes, tracker. Yes, exactly. You know? That's exactly what I mean. Yes, 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 yes. And I think that is a such a good point. It treats us like we're not idiots and it also treats her like she's not an idiot. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. even that scene in the beginning when she asks her mom if she's going to add the orange herb to the medicine mixture and her mom's like, how do you know that about that? And she's like, from you. And she doesn't say from watching you. But it's one of those things Mm -hmm. she knows it from observing her mom making medicines all these years that that's what happens. But even her mom didn't catch that she was taking in that information. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I just think it's really, really well done. It's just not treating the audience like Mm dum-dums. And maybe it does take a sec. I mean, like, again, on second watch, I did catch a lot more than I did the first time, which happens with every movie. Of course. But I just really loved how this character was presented Mm -hmm. with these, like, you have all the information, but then you watch it, you're like, oh. Yeah. I just appreciated it a lot more the second time through. I was just so caught up in the story. I wasn't seeing, you know, the sausage being made a little bit. And watching the way that they crafted the, the the story so that you get to the place where you need to be for the finale without even realizing you're getting there. It's just really brilliant. Yeah. So Naru goes about setting up her booby traps and 
takes that amazing flying leap out of the tree. Oh, such a cool moment. Such a cool shot. And if you want to know how strong the predator is, he doesn't even fall when a grown ass woman jumps on his back and starts stabbing him from a tree. I know. He's just kind of like a breeze. Oh, (laughs) she fights the predator. Several things happen, but she ends up pulling him into the quicksand, which only kind of slows him down for a minute. But that was never the plan. The plan was not to kill him in quicksand. It was the plan was to get him into the spot where he's going to kill himself, basically. Yeah, it's so good. And that whole tense moment of her backed up against the fallen tree roots. And she's just saying, like, come on, come on, come on. You know, like that kind of feeling because mm-hmm. it's laser targeting on her, but really it's laser targeting on itself. And then kills itself. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. So then Naru turns home with the predator's head and that dope ass neon green blood across her face. Yes! I mean, again, set up because we saw the lion's blood on her brother's face when he brought back the head. And now mm-hmm. to see it here with the, the the use of the neon green blood, I think, is the best I've seen it in the franchise in this yeah. movie. And even when the predator is fighting the wolf. Mm-hmm. And you can barely see it, but the wolf, one of the wolf's fangs is bright green after it bites uh-huh. the predator. It wasn't like, there's predator blood everywhere. I honestly didn't even see it the first time. It was the second time when I was watching mm-hmm. this. And it was the wolf had some green on its fang from when it bit the predator. And I also kind of liked that about this movie. If we're you know talking about how the evolution of predator armor and weaponry and everything goes and how this predates everything else that we've seen. Predator gets hurt a lot. In this movie, he gets stabbed by a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. And he steps in the trap and he gets shot. You know, like he gets a lot. And you're like, yeah, he's got his magic healing wound goo. But it, I, I think it was a really cool touch to be like, this is before they've really developed the armor that we're used to mm-hmm. or the tactics we're used to or the stuff that we're used to from the previous movies. And also because, you know. This is what they are using to advance themselves. So they're only going to be as advanced to be whatever current level of technology is. Yeah. So I thought it was really cool to see Predator bitten by a wolf, you know, scratched <laughs> by a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I loved when he got his arm cut off and it was just dripping the green blood. Yeah. yeah there's all these also really great sort of parallel scenes between Naru and him. I was thinking about the healing scenes where she's cleaning wounds with her technology and then we'll cut to her him and he's got like some sort of like he's doing the same thing. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of this paralleling between the two characters that I think is really cool and interesting and plays with this idea of predator and prey in a way that I think is really smart. And well, you know, when you get to that final scene of intelligence versus brawn and technology is really yeah. cool. And how she uses that against him in the same way that she talked to she does the same thing to him with technology as she says to the guy, you know, like you don't even know that I'm killing you. Yeah. Oh, it's I'm, so good. I, but yeah, yeah. She's she's brilliant. The writing is brilliant. I, and she becomes war chief in the end. Oh, I love it. And then there's that. Okay, like I know some people probably rolled their eyes at this, but I don't care. My heartstrings were plucked when she is standing there as the war chief and that little girl is looking at her. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Because I also saw that. And I was like, yes. Oh. I realized this is probably a dumb thing to get psyched about but, but i'm psyched I, about it. i can i mean nothing makes me happier than seeing the look on a little girl's face when she sees someone that she admires and her eyes open to possibility yes do you remember when the ghostbusters movie came out the one with the all women cast 
And there was all those photos of little girls in Ghostbusters costumes, like meeting the cast. Yeah, I was like, my uterus cannot take this. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is dumb. It was a TikTok, I think. Uh huh. But it was at Disneyland. Oh my god! There was. I think I know what you're going to talk about. Say it though. I is love it. The it. Little, is it the little girl presenting herself to the Wakanda tribe? Yes. Yes. Oh my god! It's so good. It's so good. Oh. Her answers were so amazing, and you could tell that the the actor that was playing one of the um. Wakanda warrior was just blown away by this little girl. I was just like, I, I can't know. take this. It was one of those moments where I was like, there are jobs that are fulfilling, right? But they also, exist. we get into these debates about the importance of representation, and like it becomes very theoretical and intellectualized. And then you see a little girl joining the Wakandan warriors on in Disneyland, and you're just like, this shit fucking matters. It does. Her life is directly impacted by it. And it's yes. so powerful. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that part. It's I know probably people rolled their eyes at that moment, but my heart was just like so full. I also did the like. <laughs> <laughs> my allergies are just bad today. <laughs> so that's a wrap on the movie but 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 is watch, it is it a wrap if you continue to watch through the credits it's a series of cave painting style images throughout the movie so we're following the plot mm -hmm. and it ends with naru getting named war chief you're like then, oh the end right and you're like oh yeah that was just the progression of the movie we just watched and then the very last image that we're left with is a cave painting style of more predator ships immediately after war chief naru is still holding the war chief emblem yeah and more predator ships appear in the sky it's just another example of her being correct because the thing she says to them is we gotta go we need somewhere that's better defended yeah and she was right <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> that's my war chief. Oh, that's my war chief. Yes. I need that shirt. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Can we just write? <laughs> that's my war chief. Yes. Yes. With I love sorry me. sitting on the ground next to her. Oh my God. I love sorry so much. I love this movie. I do too. I really do. I, I don't have any any criticisms for it. I cannot be objective. I just love this movie. I realize I'm watching it with a very specific view, mm -hmm. but I don't care. I loved watching this movie. It is not only thematically everything I want a movie to be, but it also was surprising, it being a Predator movie, that it was something that I actually was like, fuck yeah, this movie. Mm -hmm. And it also was just fun. It took Predator and made it contemporary to mm -hmm. what movies are right now. So it took a very old style movie that at the time was what people wanted in movies it made it a now movie mm -hmm. and yet still kept it in line like it still felt like a predator movie yes. while still feeling current so it's fun to watch for predator reasons it's yeah it gave really... me everything i needed from a predator movie yeah. and, and and everything i needed from a 2022 perspective yes and i really fully enjoyed this movie both times me too very me much too. so me too me too it feels like a special kind of movie that I think I'm going to revisit every few. Like, it's rare these days that I go back to, like, I go back to movies from my childhood, but I don't necessarily go back to movies 
and you know as you, you know like how you love the music of your youth right right this one feels like it's one i'm gonna watch more than once i don't think this is the last time i'll watch prey and i, I kind of want to own it someday so i can watch it forever yes when it yes stops being on well i need just... to at least watch it one more time in comanche for sure oh for sure but i, I also just really feel like it it didn't because it's been so long since, well, I guess it hasn't been so long. It's been four years since we had a Predator movie, but it's been a minute, you yeah. know, since we had a Predator movie. And it's been a long time since I, we had a good one. <laughs> yeah. I but I feel like it fit really well into the Predator franchise. Yes. While not repeating every other yes. movie. Yes. You know? It takes the pieces of, of the other movies in ways that keeps it cohesive, but it still manages to do something new. You know what we didn't talk about, though, was the gun. Did you catch the gun reference? No, I didn't. Okay, because you would just watch Predator 2, so I didn't know if you'd catch it this time. I didn't. That's the gun in Predator 2 that Danny Glover gets. Wait, what? You know the old-timey gun he gets in Predator 2? Oh, what? That's the gun! That's why they did the close-up on the name. I was wondering. I was like, maybe I'm just supposed to know That's the is. gun. And apparently, I was supposed to just yep. know what that was. That's the gun. Oh, shit. There's cool stuff in this. So that's the guy. They call him Savage, but that character, that's his name. That's his gun. So we met the guy whose gun that Glenny Glover has in the in Predator 2. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> see? I think it was really smart if they were going to make a new Predator movie to go prequel. Yeah. I think that they made a prequel that cohesively fits with everything that comes, quote unquote, after it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like a completely separate movie and it doesn't feel like, well, but if this happened, then how does that explain? You know, like, I feel like it fits in really well. And I feel like they handled callbacks to the other movies so well. Yeah. You know, where mm-hmm. other movies have stumbled. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Jurassic World. <laughs> Jurassic World. <laughs> I think this one handled it really well. I don't know. I just really enjoy this movie. It's so fun to watch. It feels like a Predator movie, but better. <laughs> yeah should we rank that should we rank our predator movies yeah keeping in mind i never saw the predators that's okay, you, okay. It, it it would have been very low so okay. of the predator movies let's hear your order uh lowest to best or you choose lowest to highest okay let's do lowest to highest okay i would go i've never seen alien versus predator 2 that's okay but my lowest is alien versus predator fair predators 2 predators Predator and Prey. Okay, that's a good order. Okay, so I'm going to go AVP, The Predator, AVP 2, Predator 2, Predators. I really like that one. Predator, Prey. Prey is my number one. Yeah, Prey is my number one. For I sure. was kind of waffling because I, lo- I have such an attachment to Predator, but watching it the second time, it's everything I want and... You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. is it a massively ahead of Predator? No, but it edges it out for me. Yeah, I do like Predator. It's great, but I don't know if how much of it is just nostalgic, like yeah. versus actual content, like yeah. But I mean, it's Predator. It's, you know, yeah, like you gotta love. I mean, there's really cool things about Predator for sure. Yeah. Beyond just being like a fun, cheesy '80s movie, there's actually really amazing things there. Down to the introduction of the design, like Sam. Uh, what is it? Sam Winston? He he mm-hmm. he designed yeah. it, right? Yeah. His design for the Predator it breaks 
the mold, you know? He was such yeah. an incredible artist. But which one gives me the heart feels? It's It's got to be Prey. Yeah. And I mean, credit to Sam Winston in that he created what became every iteration of Predator after it. And yes, I think Predator in Prey is my favorite version because it is the creepiest, because it has so much of that old Stan. folklore feel to it. Stan Winston. <laughs> Sorry, go but ahead. But that creature that I love in Prey is based off of, you know, mm-hmm. the first Predator. So it's like... I don't know. I I just really love the creature design in this in mm-hmm. Prey. Mm-hmm. And oh, I just thought it was really good the way they time traveled it back to. Yeah. This is the version before or, you know, this is several versions before the one that we originally saw. And I don't know. I just I it's Friday. I'm on a phone. A drink or two. So I'm a little <laughs> bit ranty, but like No, I, I like know. it. I like that we got we've had a little bit of a run of movies that did not quite hit the mark. So I'm so excited that you loved this and you had fun with this because sometimes I worry making you do this podcast, I just make you watch garbage. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be a little bit happy when Hellraiser season's over. I mean but... same girl. Same hoisted <laughs> on our own petard. Yeah, that is uh, exactly I wanted to what make happened. Larry watch Hellraiser and what ended up happening is he had a great time with the part that was supposed to torture him and then I've just tortured myself. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the first Celebrator is actually fantastic. Excellent. I really love the first one. I don't really love anything. Oh, no. I, I totally understand. <laughs> These last few episodes have been rough and I, I think this next one is going to be maybe even worse. But we're, we're the light is at the end of the tunnel. We got Three movies left. <laughs> we're almost there. We're almost in the promised land. <laughs> you know, we're nothing if not committed. So in the next the next series we're going to do is one you love. So that will be, yeah, I mean, we're going to do the Final Destination movies. Right? I was going to say, is it Final Destination? Yeah. <gasps> I mean, I don't know when we're doing it, but the next series has got to be that. <laughs> I, I owe you. I owe you that. And I have honestly, I've only ever seen the first one. So Are you serious? <sighs> yeah. I've only, I mean, I know that one of them is a roller coaster one and one of them is a car accident one. Oh, my God. I made but the level watch it. all of them with me back to back. I think we watched one every night for like however long it took us to get through. And... He, I think he'd only seen like the first one, maybe, and I was like, "We're watching them all." And this is before we talked about doing it as a season. I'm very excited. See, I, owe, <laughs> I owe you that after helping. Thank you. I earned it. You I did. earned Final Destination. You, after Saw, and it, Saw was my cross to bear. Now Hellraiser is yours. <laughs> I think you are owed a good franchise. I'm sure I'm going to love it. I was always kind of scared to watch it because the thing that I struggle with is knowing something, the anticipation of knowing something bad is going to happen. Oh, and it's bad. And, and it's, that's all these movies oh, are. And that's all these movies. So that's why I never really, after the first one, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. But if I could face Saw, I can face this. The amount of red herrings is so stressful. <laughs> and on top of that, you watch a Final Destination movie and then you go out into the real world, real world and you're like, death is everywhere. <laughs> Great. But yes, I'm very excited. So we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll figure that yeah. out. But yeah, you, yeah. you are owed it. All right. Any other thoughts about Prey before we wrap up our review? I would 100% recommend Prey to almost ever anyone. The only people I wouldn't is if I knew someone who doesn't like violence or... Yeah. It's more like a thematic thing. If I knew someone who wasn't into like sci-fi or, you know, that kind of thing, then maybe I wouldn't. But I would never not recommend Predator or Prey based off of 
actual content. Yeah. You know, like Quality. it's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. I really think if we're making more predator movies, I really like that this is our new bar. Yeah, this is the standard now, people. Yeah. Get with yeah. it. And I'm here for this. I'm here for this standard. Yeah. I'm here for another Naru. Yes. I that's the thing is I don't I'm not done with this character. Like I do yeah. totally support doing a feudal Japan one. I think like I said, Samurai versus Predator is one of the coolest ideas that has ever that been would had. Be so dope. But I also really, I need it to be like a Saw situation where they're going to make Saw movies and they're going to make Spiral movies. You know, I need more. I'm not, I love Naro. Love her. I need more of her in my life. Her adventures with Sari, I just, I have to have it. Yeah. I'm here for a Naru sequel. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But I'm also here for Predator versus Samurai. I'm here for Predator versus Pirate. Pirates. Think about it in the Caribbean. They start off on a ship and then they end up on an island where they're burying their stuff and there's rum and then there's also Predator. Yeah. Ugh. There could be such a cool story with Pirates versus Predator. Oh my god, here's the thing. It sounds cheesy as hell, but I'm here for Predator throughout time. Oh yeah. You want to just start picking time periods oh, yeah. and putting Predator into it? Here. Here for that. Right? Predator versus Vikings. Oh my god, Predator during Pompeii. Predator versus gladiators and shit. That would be amazing. Oh. What if they trapped a predator and put him in like a gladiatorial pit? Oh. For part of the film, he's a fucking gladiator. Oh, that would Hello! Be Hollywood, oh my call god. me. I have ideas. Right? <laughs> yeah. I just need a 12-pack of Truly and you will get all of the, you'll get the next 10 years worth of Predator ideas out of me. Predator in Mongolia versus yeah. Oh shit! Just like I'm trying to think of like who are the most amazing warriors throughout history. Predator in Mesoamerican, like yes, you know what I mean. Oh, that would be incredible. Who are Predator versus Vikings? You're right. Predator versus Vikings. Come on. Yeah, that writes itself. I know. (laughs) Predator Valhalla. Come on, make it happen. There's not enough Viking content. All right. Okay. So I, my recommendation, I would absolutely recommend this. I think that there's enough in this, like the character stuff and the beauty of the film that it could expand beyond people who are just into genre filmmaking. I have a friend who hates sci-fi and I would not recommend it to her. But aside from her, that one specific person, I could pretty much blanket recommend this, I think. Yeah. With a lot of caveats of like, there is some animal violence in it. But like, how good must this movie be if I still like it after all that animal violence? Like, <laughs> we said it truly helps that all the animals yeah. that are murdered are so obviously cgi yeah that it's it's easy to be like this is a fake animal yeah the only animal violence that we see that looks real is sorry's tail in the trap you know and that's that's it really yeah also i forgot to mention sorry's fucking amazing assist in the final battle i know she runs in with the hatchet on a rope oh sorry for the save that's teamwork right there oh my god i mean it is a movie about a young warrior woman and her dog defeating a predator like that's uh, just as an elevator pitch i'm like here is every penny that i have ever earned make this movie i need to see it i have to have this in my life oh it's so good it's so good it's so good all right so if you're going to watch this a third time what adult beverage would you pair with it this one was hard for me, and I thought about it. I actually did remember this time. I know that it's like a 
20% of the time I remember without <laughs> you having to remind me. I did, but I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't even know because what would I drink that would just make me, oh, you know, I think it would just be Buffalo Trace straight. Buffalo Trace. I love Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. I love Buffalo Trace. (laughs) Buffalo Trace with one of those big old cube ice cubes. Yes. And just sip that. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Like the most interesting woman in the world. (laughs) That actually sounds like a great, great idea. I wish I could do that right now, but I don't have any Buffalo Trace. All right, cool. So, listeners, what did you think? Do you agree with this? Is this the greatest Predator film? If you disagree, you're You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm joking. joking. (laughs) Whatever the case may be, you have questions, thoughts, feedback, suggestions of things you want us to watch, whatever the case may be, you can always contact us at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. You can hit us up over on the Facebook page. You can slide into the DMs at ZG Podcast. That's ZG Podcast plural on Instagram and Twitter, which you should be following us anyway because Ariel does such a freaking good job with our 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 social media. Her and Matilda are amazing. Oh my god, they kill it! It's so fucking yeah, funny. Their meme game is strong. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how they do it to be honest, but it's hilarious. We do have a little channel that is called the Memery Lounge, <laughs> <laughs> where we own. but they curate and write all the captions. I yeah, they're amazing, and also it's where you get all the news of the stuff we have coming out. Like for instance, we have started doing a new thing specifically for patrons, which are our little we call them zombie bites. And there are many reviews of films that have just come out. Like we don't always we're not always really great about like staying on top of the latest movie coming out. So we thought this might be a great way to give more content to our patrons and thank our patrons, but also be able to touch on films as they're coming out when people are most interested in them, to be honest. So that's like one of the the cool things that you can keep up with and we'll notify you on our social media when those things are coming out. If you want to support us, there's some great ways to do that. You can support us very easily by rating and reviewing us on whatever podcast platform you're finding us on. It means a lot, really helps the show, makes us feel good about ourselves, all of the above. So please do that. Or you can buy some of our cool merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. We got some new art coming soon. I know I keep saying that, but it is true. I literally talked to the designer today. It is happening. Or you can support us on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls where you get extended episodes, bonus episodes, like I talked about those, that mini episode. Our Halloween live show is coming and the live shows are wild and our technology has advanced around that. So we always say like, we're going to be on at six and then we're on at seven. We're going to actually be on at six. (laughs) So that's going to be really, really cool. Oh, and you get to join our Discord, which is one of the best perks. You get to hang out with us all day, every day as we share cat photos and memes and just bullshit about stuff. It's a lot of fun. And we would love to have you join the conversation. All right. So that just leaves what our plan is for the next episode. We already know what that's going to be. Much to (laughs) Mars's horror. We are. Okay. But here's the thing. This is the the end of the tunnel. We are really close to the end of this we're going to be covering the last two currently released hellraiser films hellraiser revelation and hellraiser judgment and our boys larry and justin will be back for that then 
There's just one film left. The teaser dropped. It's coming out in October, and that is when we will be covering the last of the Hellraiser films. Hopefully, we're going to go out on a bang. Hopefully, it's going to be awesome. But you know, I still have hope. I still have hope. I'm t- the David Bruckner of it all really gives me hope also we finally have a synopsis and it's not it's not a sequel i don't know that it's a sequel but it's not an exact remake of the source material so it'll we hopefully won't feel as compelled to compare it to what is one of the great horror films you know what i mean it's hopefully can just like stand on its own we have okay i mean yeah i still have hope yeah totally you know i I, hope has not died which is amazing because there, there's been like eight movies in a row that have really tried to kill it for you. <laughs> yeah, against all odds, I still have hope for the so the new one. The rumor is these next two films, Revelation and Judgment, are the one of them's the worst in the franchise, and one of them's supposed to be okay. Okay, it's supposed to be like a course correction. Not, it's nothing's going to live up to that first film, but like supposedly of the terrible sequels, this is the least terrible. <laughs> so okay don't tell me which is which i want to see if i can suss it out on my own i feel like we'll know yeah (laughs) if one of these is supposed to be the worst and we've seen hell world and cowboy ninja fights in the woods that was not a dream sequence then yeah Yeah. the bar is pretty low yeah i mean i'm kind of like for science reasons i just need to know what is the rock bottom yeah if we have not seen the rock bottom what is the rock bottom? right <laughs> i just need to know for science reasons uh, yeah no i need uh, yeah i feel like on a on a personal emotional level if we have not seen the actual worst of hellraiser i need to know what the actual worst right. of hellraiser is yeah. so this will uh this will that's uh happening we're finding out so everybody do your homework or not you just want to hear us talk about it like i get it hellraiser revelations and hellraiser judgment on the next episode all right. I guess that's it. Marzi, unless people are sticking around for the extended episode, want to take us out? Once again, and as always, thank you to everyone who keeps coming back to listen to us <laughs> talk about movies. And Because, I mean, I have a blast. I have, a blast. I have a blast. Oh, of course. Quality Mars time. I love it. Oh, I'm having a few drinks and talking about stuff. But thank you to everyone who keeps coming back and listening to us rant and get derailed and love dogs. <laughs> Until next time, which will be two Hellraiser movies. Until next time. Good night, folks. That is all. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman Rucker. And our theme song for the show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. So I don't have a ton planned, but I thought maybe we could talk about Predators. What do you think? Yeah, I'm down. Okay, okay. So first, I guess I just will start. I have some questions for you. Predator-related questions. Okay. What is your favorite predator? And I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about in life. It can be, a, and it can be a living one, or it could be an extinct one. If you're like, like, I don't know, like a velociraptor head. Mm. What's your favorite predator? Great white shark. 
It's a good one. Because those things actually no, I wanna I wanna amend change. it. Amend it. I wanna amend. It's still a shark, but it's a different kind of shark. Uh oh. It's the the oh Google Bull shark, called. tiger shark, goblin shark, thrasher shark, mako shark, um, whale shark, nurse shark. Ooh, I'm running out of sharks here. Uh, salmon shark. It is the salmon. Is it the, is it the salmon shark? It is the salmon shark. They're scary. And the reason why is because these sharks have evolved to be able to live in Arctic waters. Mm. So the reason why I know about this, so I have a friend who's from Alaska. Uh, She came down into the lower 48 uh, to go to college, and that's where I met her in in college. And then she moved back to Alaska. And so she works on a lot of the, like, documentary series that shoot up there because there's not really a lot of people who are local in Alaska that do film work. And so they like to hire because it, you know, it costs less than moving someone up from like LA. So she gets a a lot of work doing this documentary kind of stuff. And she worked on, Oh, I am blanking on the name of the show, but it was Bush uh, people, wasn't it? Well, she did work on Bush people, but there was another one that she worked on. And I and it wasn't a show that's based in Alaska. It was one that just went to Alaska for one of their episodes. And I can't remember which one it was. But basically, the premise was that there is this, um, like, port in Alaska where people go out and they go fishing. And it's notorious for people disappearing. So, like, oh, basically, people go out no. fishing and then they just find their boats floating with no one on it. And it doesn't look like any sort of struggle happened. It's just ghost boats basically and because of the way this area of alaska works they're not really reported and they're not really investigated they just kind of are like we don't have cops out here so that just sucks so but what they found out was that there was this shark the salmon shark that had like developed the ability to exist in super frigid water and was fucking eating people oh my god so i and i Again, because this is for a TV show and she has let me in that they do like, you know, sensationalize a lot of aspects of this. And they like, you know, uh, like, for instance, you know, in the show, they are on a boat and they're like, those sharks are following us. And then she was like, yeah, they jumped to the waters. That was not like (laughs) the sharks did not see a boat and start tracking them like they lured them in and it took hours kind of thing. So like there's a lot of like behind the scenes of like this is not like sharks are like, you know, uh jaws style stalking people but it's still like terrifying to know that you're in water that should be too cold for sharks and yet a shark has figured a way life finds life finds a way yeah they will get you on the plate yeah and this is not like like what is it like the greenland shark that's like these sharks live to be like 300 years old but they're like uh like filter feeders yeah like they're not like actual like carnivorous like hunting things they just sort of slowly float along the bottom of the ocean for like 300 years and yeah just, like, eat plankton and stuff which are which amazing but it's scary but also just like kind of amazing yeah it's crazy these things just like and that it like on a level like a very deep like primordial level terrifies me that something can live that long down there and we just like don't know about it yeah but 
it's not so much scary because it's not a predator. It's not coming for you. It's just sort of floating around and catching what it catches in its filter teeth. They live but, 500 years. Yeah. 500 That's years. insane. That's insane. So that terrifies me. But, you know, on a on a different kind of level, predator-wise, it's the sharks that have evolved the ability to keep their organs warm so they can survive in Arctic waters because that means that no ocean is safe. Like, always on the plate. Stay out the ocean. Yeah. Okay, so there were shark arctic sharks living today there were also around when the pope excommunicated martin luther what <laughs> and split the catholic church catholics and protestants um let's see here the fall of tino tinochtitlan i know i'm saying that wrong but aztec king um. Yeah. See, okay, like I realize That's that having crazy. like sh- being afraid of sharks is kind of irrational. Like, just stay out of the ocean; you have no reason to fear a shark, right? But sharks scare me, like on a very deep level. Yeah.